I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Firstly, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Happy Halloween. Today, we're going to talk about some scary neighbor horror stories. I, 24 female, moved into a new neighborhood about two years ago with my partner, 33 male, and our child. After six months of living here, in the beginning of the pandemic, we started getting to know our immediate neighbors. They seem to be home bodies and stay inside almost all of the time. After a bit, they started coming out to talk more, and we all seemed to get along. I'd considered inviting them over a few times, but they can be a bit awkward and difficult to keep conversations going with. We've done paint nights outside a few times, but haven't invited each other inside ever. The couple seems to come outside whenever we are outside, coincidentally. They include themselves in our activities and chat here and there. We felt like we've brought them out of their shells and given them some socialization they've needed. Since they dwell inside, 
in the dark, playing video games, constantly. I gave my number to the girl when we had an issue between units, in case of emergencies. We've sent a few messages about the property management, weather, etc., but only a few. Lately, I haven't seen the woman out as much as before, but the guy is outside every time I am. He started sitting in a lawn chair on his front step daily, for hours. Fast forward, a friend of mine comes to spend the night. I introduce the neighbor guy to my friend to be polite. He meets her dog and says a few random things. Then he's back to sitting on the step for several hours that night. Some days later, he signals me with a cyst and asks if everything is okay. I tell him I'm fine and ask what he means. He proceeds to tell me I was sending him mixed signals when my friend was over and he just wanted to make sure I'm alright, which didn't make a single bit of sense, but I said sorry for the confusion. I assured him I was fine, went about my business. A couple more days pass. I get a text from him saying who it is, and he hopes my child and I have a great day. I didn't give him my number, so I found it to be inappropriate and didn't answer. I started realizing he's been outside in the morning at the time I leave for work daily. He will be outside within 15 minutes of me getting home, regardless of the time. The guy stays out until 4 a.m. some nights. Crazier part is... He's inside within 20 minutes of me leaving. We'll stay outside for 14 full hours as long as I'm home. Doesn't go out if my partner is home and I'm not. Doesn't come out if no one's home. We'll know if I'm home even when I switch cars with my partner. I'm uncomfortable, but don't want to point fingers and make it worse. But this dude won't talk to my partner, hardly acknowledges him. Meanwhile, finds ways to talk to me. Tries to help walk my dogs to the car for me. Tries to play games with my child. Knocks on my door asking if I've lost random items that aren't mine. And has texted me a few more times. I've seen all of this on my security cameras. Since we've been paying attention to the odd behavior, I can't tell if it's a super weird coincidence or if he's purposefully watching me or something. Not to mention... He makes hand gestures and speaks to himself with no phone out, no headphones. I'll walk a few doors down and visit other neighbors, and he gets the mail, which he's never done, in front of the house I'm in, later tries to meet those neighbors. Another, I mentioned a yard sale I was having up the road. He never takes walks, but that day he decided to, and I get a new game console, he gives me two 60s games, the other neighbor said he's never sat outside like this before, not for the past five years. His girlfriend has been questioning him about it. I walked out and overheard her upset, with him replying sarcastically, that's the kind of guy I am. She also mentioned he had his meds changed months ago when an ambulance came for him. Let's not forget, my boyfriend's car tire was randomly slashed in our neighborhood. Am I paranoid over... Odd coincidences, or do I need to move? I have a new next-door neighbor. I met him when I was waiting for the elevator in my apartment building. The building I live in is a run-down piece of crap. However, it was the only place I could afford. My apartment was on the fourth floor, and the elevator was broken more often than it worked. 
I was just getting back from the grocery store, arms full of bags. When I left, the damn elevator was working, so I stood in front of it for at least five minutes expecting the doors to open. My rage was about to boil over, and I raised a foot ready to kick the door in frustration. I was tired, arms sore, and I did not want to take the stairs. I stopped because someone reached over to press the button to get no response. I've never seen him before. He was a head taller than myself and in good shape, his hair neat and gray even though he only looked 30 at the most. My building was full of poor families and some drug addicts. He looked as if he didn't belong. Well, in a way, he didn't look like he lived there, but he looked like the type of guy who came around looking for someone who owed money. I lowered my foot, taking a few steps away from him, not wanting to be too close. I knew my place in the food chain, and it was below him. He looked over at me when I moved, his gray eyes staring me down. I felt sweat start at the back of my neck from his intense gaze. I started to feel like I was going to puke from stress when he jerked a thumb at the still-closed doors. Broken? he asked me. He had a hint of an accent I couldn't place. I let myself exhale a breath I didn't know I was holding. I nodded my head, still not ready to speak. He looked around the lobby and found the stairs. Because of so many break-ins, the landlord locked the stairway to the upper floors, but hadn't found a way to lock people out from accessing the apartment floors with the elevator if they got through the lobby first. With it being broken so often, he didn't need to bother. The man took out a key to open the stairway. To my surprise, he held the door open for me. I scurried along carrying my heavy bags, trying to pass him as fast as possible. I went up the stairs first, but slowly. He should have been able to pass me without any trouble. The man stayed behind a few steps and it stressed me out again. I was rather thankful he did. On the second flight of stairs, I felt a handle of my bag snap. I nearly dropped everything trying to catch it and ended up falling backwards a step or two. Not only did the stranger catch me with one hand, he caught my carton of eggs with his other. I stammered out an apology as my bag of oranges broke and tumbled down the stairs. He looked like the type to get angry. Instead, he just shook his head and helped me back on my feet. Silly boy. I help. I help. That time I caught a Russian accent when he spoke. One he was poorly trying to hide. The next few minutes, we both started to gather up the spilled oranges from the stairway. He tied the bag, but didn't hand it back to me. Silently, he was telling me he would carry the broken bag of food and my carton of eggs to my apartment because I could not be trusted. My face was red from embarrassment. People never helped me out, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I just muttered out another thanks and let him follow me to the fourth floor. When I stopped in front of my door, he did a double take at the number. You here? I'm there, he said, pointing to the door next to mine. I knew my neighbor moved out last week. I didn't hear anyone move in since and wondered when he arrived. Oh, I didn't hear you move in. I commented thinking I would at least have seen him before now if we lived next to each other. Not much to move. We stood looking at each other a bit awkward and both unsure of what else to say. Normally, I was more outgoing than this. For some reason, this man just threw me off. 
I opened my door and placed the bags down inside so I could accept the items he was still carrying for me. Tell me your name. It sounded like a demand and I stuttered for a few seconds. Richie. I mentally kicked myself after I spoke. No one called me Richie. I had no idea why that came to mind. Not even my mother shortened my name. I... Mm. Nice to meet you, mister. It was far too late to correct myself and tell him my name was really Richard. I just asked for his name instead. He froze, looking like a club bouncer who was about to toss out a drunk. It felt like I just made a big mistake. Clearing his throat, I flinched. Dimitri, he said finally. I had a feeling it was a fake name, just the first one that came to mind. With the kinds of people who lived in this building, I didn't blame him for not wanting anyone to know who he really was. I gave him a smile I hoped didn't look strained. Thank you for helping me, Mr. Mmm, Dimitri. He was older than myself, but not that much older to call him Mr. He gave me a stiff nod and left me to go inside his apartment. I went back inside and mentally screamed the entire time I put my groceries away. I didn't have an explanation to why I was acting so weird around my next doctor neighbor. There was just something off about him. I need to put the weird feeling I got out of my mind. After all, he was nice enough to help me out. I should treat him a bit better the next time I saw him. The strangeness with Dimitri kept going. The next day I was awoken by a knock on my door. I never got visitors and was wary of who it could be. I almost stayed in bed and ignored the knocking, but my curiosity got the better of me. Keep the chain on my door. I opened it enough to see my new neighbor waiting for me to open the door. I pushed down the stressed feeling in my gut and opened it a bit more. Is everything all right? I didn't have a clue what he could need more for. Maybe there was something wrong in his apartment and couldn't get a hold of our landlord? Give me your work time, Dimitri demanded, and it made me confused on what he meant for a few seconds. After thinking, I realized he wanted my work schedule. I didn't have set shifts, rather worked whatever they needed me for that week. I, uh, it's one my phone. Do you want me to get your number and I can text you when I'll be at work? I asked. He nodded and I went back inside to retrieve my phone. His looked like a cheap burner phone when he pulled it from his pocket so we could exchange numbers. After I sent the text, he nodded looking my hours over. I suddenly regretted it. It looked like he was planning on using this information for nefarious purposes. Or I was really just overthinking. I work at home. Very loud. Only when you are not home. With that vague explanation, he left me standing in my PJs. Door open and trying to make sense of what he just said. Whatever he did for work, he didn't want to disturb me, but also didn't want me hearing anything. That could mean he was into some adult work or something illegal. He looked more like the mob type, and I leaned more towards that. The first week, I didn't hear a peep from Dimitri's apartment. He was keeping to his promise of not disturbing me with whatever his job was. I saw brief glimpses of him when I was coming back home from work and he was leaving his apartment. He always had a large bag over one shoulder and wearing black leather gloves. I didn't see a motorcycle in the parking lot and wondered if he rode one. When we saw each other, 
he would give me a curt nod in acknowledgement. I thought that was how we would treat each other, not speaking and just giving a neighborly nod. He did help me, but he also had a dangerous air about him. Even the attics that hung around the front of the building gave him space when he walked near them. The second time we spoke was because he broke into my apartment. For a good reason, that wasn't entirely my fault. I'm starting to wonder if I'm clumsy or just have bad luck. I put a bottle of aspirins on top of the fridge. While I was getting things out to start making dinner, I felt a headache slowly creep its way through my brain. I reached for the bottle of aspirins only to knock them over. It rolled further back and out of reach. Instead of finding my step stool, I climbed up on the kitchen counter, one arm resting my weight on the cupboard and the other reaching for the bottle. I heard a soft creaking the second everything came tumbling down. My shoddy cupboards were not nailed into the wall properly. Unable to support my weight, it came off the wall, smashing against my head and spilling its contents on the way down. I felt blood starting to pour from the cut in my forehead and all the air was knocked from my lungs when I fell into the floor with the cupboard on top of my chest. Without any doubt, the crashing sound of plates and cup breaking would have been heard in the apartments next to mine. I needed to recover before worrying about apologizing for the noise. I stayed down on the floor, head pounding for a while. I felt sick and dizzy from the pain. My cell phone on the counter out of reach. I could only hope the cut was minor. I could not afford a trip to the hospital. Richie. I looked up, the movement killing my head. Dimitri stood in my kitchen doorway, looking down at me. I locked my apartment, so how did he get in? I... I stopped speaking because the pain was so great. I really didn't need to explain what happened. It was pretty obvious. He bent over and pushed the cupboard off and crushed glass under his feet while he walked. He easily lifted me off the ground and helped me out of the room, avoiding broken shards on the floor. Using a dish towel, he cleaned some blood off my forehead and face. I was not in any state to stop him or even question what he was doing there. I call doctor, Dimitri said, and pulled his phone from his pocket. It looked like a different one than before. I opened my mouth to protest, but one look from his steel gray eyes was enough to shut me up. I sat holding a damp towel to my head as he spoke to a doctor in the other end of the phone. Ten minutes, he announced after he hung up the phone. How did you get in? I finally asked. Lock pick. He did look like the type to know how to pick locks. For the next ten minutes was him trying to keep me sitting down as he started to clean up the mess I made. Head wounds bled a lot. It looked like a murder happened in my kitchen, and I felt like I would never get the blood out of my cheap tile flooring. The doctor arrived and Dimitri let him in. The man pulled up a chair in front of me to get a look at my cut. He set down a bag on the table next to us. He looked like a doctor from the 1800s. His glasses were round, gold-rimmed. He was dressed in a vest with a button-up shirt underneath. His black hair is styled perfectly back in the same way every man in the 1950s wore it. He took a pen light out from his bed so at least his tools weren't old-fashioned. He shone it in my eyes and made me follow it. No brain damage, so that's good. Just a lot of blood on a minor cut. 
Dimitri could have dealt with this himself, but I suppose he wanted to make sure your brains weren't scrambled. The man introduced himself as doctor. Philo before sitting down and looking me over. His tone was stern, but somewhat fatherly. I'm sorry to bring you over here. I'm sure this is out of your way and I could have gone to the hospital, I said, suddenly feeling embarrassed. Making house calls is part of my job. A lot of my patients can't make it to my clinic for various reasons. I winched as he fully cleaned the cut and started to stitch it up without giving me any warning. It was only three stitches, but it still hurt. Noise came from the kitchen as Dimitri cleaned up the carnage that was once my dishes. He's an alright guy, even if he looks pretty scary. I kept talking, trying to distract myself from the pain. He doesn't look like the type to help out like this. I think he just doesn't want to move again. If you look past what kinds of people live in this area, then this place is pretty good. Cheap rent and close to everything you need, the doctor explained. When the cut was dealt with, he put his tools back into his leather bag. When the tools were put away, he took out a thermos and a box of cookies. I recognized the store name. I could never afford to buy anything from the bakery they came from. It was very popular and way beyond my budget. He poured a small cup of tea that smelled like flowers. I've never seen a kind of tea that smelled that sweet and was a pink color before. Here, drink a little of this and eat something. I have a pill to help you with the pain, but you need to have something in your stomach first. My head did hurt, but it was manageable. I didn't want a brother with extra medicine if I could help it. Trying to get some aspirin got me in the mess to start with. No, it's fine. It was not fine. Dr. Fellow sat glaring me down with the thermos lid of tea still in his hand for me to take from him. I realized how rude I was being. He brought very expensive tea and cookies, and I was refusing them. The cookies were the best I've ever had, and the tea was as sweet as it smelled, but not an overpowering sweetness. I wanted to ask him what brand, but I feared it would also be out of my budget. I sat sipping away, feeling a bit embarrassed again. I had two strangers in my apartment because I didn't just go and find something stable to stand on. I would need to think of something due to for Dimitri to thank him for this. When I finished a few cookies, the doctor gave me a pill to take. I should have been a bit more wary of taking pills from strangers. After all, I didn't actually know Dimitri. I trusted him and the doctor without a second thought. You're going to be asleep for a few hours. If you're working tomorrow, cancel your shift to rest. I'll write you a note if you need one. I opened my mouth to argue, but that was my last memory of that night. I woke up in the morning, head heavy and very confused on how I get into bed. My blood shirt was missing and I was wearing a clean one. I sat up, looking around trying to recall anything from that night beyond talking with the doctor. When nothing came to mind, I walked out into the kitchen to see the damage and saw nothing, not even a speck of blood on the floor. New cupboards were installed on the walls and I tried to shake them to see if they were fast and tight this time. I was still missing most of my plates and cups, but I wondered how I slept through someone coming inside the kitchen and replacing the cupboards. I called my boss telling them I wouldn't be in that day. I felt fine though, not even a trace of a headache. It was the best sleep I've had in months. My boss told me someone already arranged for me to take the day off. 
He hung up and did not elaborate further. My job was very against someone calling in for another person. You could be in a coma but still expected to be the one calling in. I wondered what kind of strings Dimitri pulled to get me the day off. I didn't know when he worked and what times he was home. I went next door and knocked, hoping he would be in so I could thank him. I could have just sent him a text, but I felt as if it should be in person. The door opened and he looked down on me, his cold expression never changing. I, uh, thank you for helping out. Did you ask the landlord to replace my cupboards? I said in a small voice. No, I did. Woodworking is a hobby. Overnight, this man rebuilt an entire set of cupboards for a stranger. I tried taking a peek inside his apartment. It looked like an identical L set up to mine. His hallway had plastic sheets covering the floor, which made sense because he was in the middle of painting. Near the doorway was splashes of dried brown stains along the baseboard he had yet to cover up. I was about to ask him about his renovation plans when he reached out and lightly touched the stitched-up cut on my forehead. This is going to scar. Oh, I said, adding nothing useful to the conversation. Oh. The second exclamation was because I finally clued into why someone who looked so threatening went out of his way to help me out. My face flushed and I froze, trying to dismiss the thought. He was just a nice guy, that was all. I would be full of myself to ever think he was interested in me in any way beyond being a friendly neighbor. I stood staring at him looking like a deer in a pair of headlights. I... I... Mm. I'll make you dinner. As a thank you, I stuttered. Mentally, I was screaming at myself because I was making this entire exchange even more awkward. Dimitri kept his stone-cold expression on his face, not looking to notice my panic. Do you like dogs? The question was so out of the blue it made me pause. Yes, I'll make you a dog. Go rest. I need to do work. Without any further explanation, Dimitri went back inside his apartment and closed the door. I did pull him away from painting so I didn't think him suddenly ending the conversation as rude. Trying to think what his last statement meant would drive me crazy. I went back into my place having a few things to think over. First, I needed to figure out what my next-door neighbor would eat. He didn't seem to be the type to be picky. The dog comment I figured out. He said woodworking was his hobby, so maybe he was going to make me a dog out of wood. But why? Just because he has extra material around... The last thought I was doing my best to push from my mind. I did everything not to think about it. It kept creeping at the edge of my thoughts and I finally needed to admit defeat. I snapped while staring at pasta boiling in a pot completely mortified over the idea my neighbor might like me. Like, really like me. I've never been interested in guys before. The problem was I'd never been interested in girls either. I just assumed those feelings would come along when I saw the right women and never would have expected to find myself making dinner for my male neighbor. By the time I finished dinner and had it packed up to go next door, I came to terms with the facts. Dimitri might be romantically interested in me or just a nice guy under his cold tone. In our short interactions, I had fallen for him and was very determined to not do anything about it. 
I chalked it up to me being just starved for attention. I lacked any friends and due to some long dramatic family history, I was not in contact with any of them. In fact, I never really had any close friends. I might just be getting my signals crossed on how I felt due to lack of experience. I brought the still hot pasta over next door and knocked feeling like I wanted to make a run for it. When the door opened again, I jumped. Unable to say anything, I held out the containers of food. Many thanks. I wash these. Bring back later, Dimitri said with a nod, taking them from me. He sounded as if he was trying his best to hide his accent, as if he didn't want me to know where he was from. They're just plastic. You can keep them if you want, I told him with a shake of my head. I now had more plastic Tupperware than real dishes. I washed them. Here's dog for you. Placing the containers on a table just inside the door, Dimitri picked up a small wooden figure. I held out my hand to take it from him. It was a goofy-looking pug carved from wood. Honestly, the detail to the wrinkles were impressive. I thanked him again and realized every time we met, I also had something to thank him for. In his cold manner, he shooed me away. Go rest. I work. Again, the door was shut on my face without me minding in the slightest. The next few weeks I made a habit of bringing dinner over to my neighbor and on occasion he made small dogs to add to my growing collection. Our exchanges were brief and I didn't learn anything new about him, aside from the fact he was really slow at painting. Every time he opened the door to his apartment, I could see his floor still covered with plastic. My shifts at work became more regular. Instead of just coming in when needed, I had a set schedule. It meant I could budget my finances better. If I saved, I could move into a better area of town or closer to my job. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to move just yet and decided to just keep saving money to think about it in the future. Feeding a second person wasn't really an issue because it was just cheaper to buy food in bulk to start with. I was finally getting into a routine and my life felt like it was turning around after years of struggling. I made a friend, even if he was a bit strange and had a steady job. Things might have worked out just fine if my job didn't give me a surprise day off. A pipe burst in the restaurant so they needed to close over the weekend to fix it and get everything cleaned up. I never got Fridays off and was at a loss of what to do. Dimitri wasn't expecting me to be home or get dinner that night. I had enough rice to make a curry for two, so I decided to drop some by regardless if he was expecting it or not. I heard Dimitri's voice from outside, so I knew he was just getting home. I thought I heard another person. Just as I was putting the curry into a container to bring over, I heard a loud thud from his place, and I jumped. I strained, listening, trying to figure out what the source of the sound was. I stood as still as possible, trying to hear something over my beating chest. The next sound was muffled, but I could have sworn I heard a scream. On reflex, I grabbed the containers of food. I rushed over, not even bothering to close my door. Outside of his apartment, I slipped in some liquid and my heart sank when I saw it looked a lot like blood. I was in a panic when I noticed his door wasn't closed all the way. Dimitri looked as if he could handle himself, but all of these were bad signs. Without even thinking, I rushed inside his place, still holding hot containers. 
My feet slipped again on the plastic covering the floors, but I froze when I saw what I'd just stumbled into. My brain just would not register what I was seeing for a few moments. I knew I was looking at Dimitri from his frame, but not by his face. I only saw it for a few seconds, but the images burned into my memory. His face was split open horizontally. Thousands of needle-like teeth along the slit of a mouth glimmered in the dim light of his apartment. His eyes warped and twisted from his monstrous face locked onto me. The terrifying mouth closed in seconds after we made eye contact, his face returning to normal but with his mouth slightly open at a loss for words. The other person in the room looked equally as shocked. The other man was on his knees, Dimitri pulling his head back by his short hair to expose his neck with a large hunting knife to his throat. The knife was serrated and made for killing. Besides them, a different man was on the floor face down, fresh blood still pooling around him and over the clear plastic. You do not work tonight, Dimitri asked, breaking the silence. The man with the knife to his neck said nothing, his eyes wide and pleading. I couldn't bring myself to look at him for more than a few seconds. The smell of fresh blood was in the air, making me feel sick. The heat from the container started to hurt my hands, but I didn't dare move. Knowing I couldn't answer his first question, Dimitri nodded towards the hot curry containers. What do you have? he slowly asked. Curry. Enough for two. I normally gave him enough for two meals because he was a bigger guy than myself. I always assumed he ate more. Even while I spoke, my mind screamed at me to run. That my kind neighbor just killed a man and he was going to kill another if I hadn't stopped him. I dreaded that I was going to be next. I'd seen what happened and needed to be taken care of. All the hints I'd brushed off came crashing down in my mind. The sketchy doctor. How easy he could clean blood from my floor. The plastic sheets and never the smell of paint. How often he moved. Everything was staring me in the face, but I was so desperate for a friend, I ignored all the red flag. I held back a noise of fear when Dimitri let go of the man and pushed him aside. In a few steps he was in front of me, his tall figure looming. The knife was still in his hand, but pointed down. I knew if he wanted, he could kill me in a blink of an eye. I flinched a small sound escaping me when it raised a hand and ran a thumb over where my stitches had been. Did not scar badly. Getting down on my level, he leaned over so his face was close to my own. I felt my muscles turn to stone as I looked into his steel-gray eyes, eyes of a killer looking me over. Deciding my fate, my hand started to shake and I almost dropped the food. Dimitri placed a hand on top to steady the containers, and was so convinced I was going to die, I nearly passed out. Still friends? His voice was low and had a hint of worry in it. My heart was so loud, I nearly didn't hear him. Friends. He wanted to know if I was still going to act friendly around him. I risked a look over his shoulder and at the man who looked as scared as I was. I made my choice. I nodded. If I kept my mouth shut, I would live. After I nodded, he took the curry from my hands and stood up. You, table, we eat dinner. Richie, best to go back home. He did not need to tell me twice. Without looking back, I turned on my heels and left. 
I made sure the door was fully closed behind me and kept my eyes straight, not looking down at the blood still in the hallway. I took off my now blood-stained socks and threw them in trash without any hesitation. My cell phone sat on the counter. I looked at it debating on what I wanted to do. I should call the cops. I witnessed a murder. My next-door neighbor killed someone. Without any doubt, he had done it before and would keep doing it unless he was arrested and stopped. I couldn't believe the supernatural aspect of what I saw. I could believe in murder, but not split-face monsters. My hand hovered over my phone as I repeated the facts inside my head. I let out a yell of frustration and walked away from my phone. I paced around my apartment for hours. The portion of curry I saved for myself getting cold on the stove Every time I got close to calling the cops, I just couldn't bring myself to go through with it. After a while, I heard a knock on my door, and all the fear came rushing back. It could only be one person. He knew I was home, so no sense on trying to hid from him. Cautiously, I opened my door. To my shock, the man who Dimitri was about to kill when I walked in was still alive. His face bruised, but he was breathing. We wanted to thank you for dinner. My friend would be leaving. The man gave me a nod, his face pale and hands shaking at his side. Still friends? Dimitri asked me again. Still friends, I confirmed with a small nod. That was enough for him. He took the man by his arm and dragged him down the hallway. If he was going to let him go free or kill him somewhere else was a mystery, I would never know the answer. I never ended up calling the police or telling anyone what I saw. I saw Dimitri a few times in the hallway in passing, but Face looked strained. He knew I wasn't going to get him arrested. It was far too late by now. He would have covered his tracks, and I doubted the cops would take me seriously. Any normal person would have done the right thing and gone to the cops right away. I felt pretty guilty for not doing so. Instead of moving or suggesting to Dimitri that he should leave, I did something I don't regret. I brought over another meal for him. His face a bit shocked to see me knocking on his door with a smile on my face and food in my hands. We were still friends after all, and I was going to treat him almost the same as I did before. Gathering up my courage, I offered him the food and asked something I'd wanted for a while. Do you want to eat together? He nodded his head this time the one being unsure of what to say. My neighbor is a killer, and, well, something not human if those few seconds of memories are real. But oddly enough, I really don't mind. I've been pretty lonely for years, and eating a meal with someone is something I desperately want. Murderer or not, human or not, at least he was nice enough to sit and eat with me as I talk about my day. Background. I, 24 female, live with my roommate, 23 female, in an apartment in the suburbs of ATL, as you may know. ATL is super dangerous and crime. Riddled right now, so we have a ring peephole camera, perfect for apartments, and a digital lock on our door for safety. Now on the story. About three months ago, the sweet family from across the hall moved out and we got a new neighbor. His name is David, and let's just say he's interesting. 
When we first saw him moving in, we were a bit taken aback by the sheer amount of stuff he was trying to fit in his one-bedroom apartment. All of it was anime merch and Star Wars memorabilia. Definitely gives me hoarder vibes, but not my business. When the moving trucks left and a few days had passed, my roommate and I knocked on his door to give him a welcome to the neighborhood gift basket with some baked goods, dog treats and poop bags for his dog, and seasonal candles. Apparently, this was not the correct thing to do. After that day, David got creepy. It started out innocent enough. He would come to the door whenever he heard me or my roommate come in or going to have a quick chat, or he would come over regularly to ask for salt or sugar or toilet paper. Sometimes he would ask if we could come over and watch his dog. But within the past two weeks, things have really escalated. Two weekends ago, we were out pretty late partying at the bars near the Braves Stadium. We ended up getting home around 3 a.m., only to find David sitting at the top of the stairs waiting for us. He acted all upset, asked us where we had been, and requested that we tell him if we were planning to be out past midnight. I laughed in his face, and he called me a mindless Stacy. Still not sure what that means. He also asked for access to our ring camera so he could make sure we are safe. We laughed at him again and went into our apartment. Here's the scary part. We checked the ring the next morning and he sat outside his apartment staring at our door for the rest of the night. When we saw that, we contacted the complex to let them know that he was acting crazy. They told us to contact the police, so we did. The police told us to contact them if he made any threats. But since we lived in a shared space, they couldn't do anything until he entered our apartment or threatened us. I assume the complex said something to him because he left us alone for the next five days or so. This week, he is out of control. He is constantly sitting outside of our apartment. My roommate has started leaving for work an hour earlier so that she doesn't cross paths with him. I cannot leave the apartment during the day because he is constantly waiting outside for me. He has asked me out, left love letters on our door, on our cars, and in our mailbox. I told him once that I wasn't interested, and he told me that he would kale himself if I didn't go on a date with him. Of course, I don't have that in writing, so the police won't do shit. He has also put up a ring doorbell of his own so he can track all of our movements, and will leave really creepy sexual notes when we're gone so we find them when we come back. What do we do? Edit. Thank you for all of the advice. For now, my brother is spending the night on my couch for the next few nights until we can have a sit. Down meeting with my landlord. We have collected all of the evidence and ring footage so we can show how much this has progressed. I'm sure the landlord and the police think we're being dramatic little girls or whatever, so we're not going to take no for an answer. Either he leaves or we break our lease and get our full security deposit back. We are also going to file for a temporary restraining order, at the very minimum, because some of the commenters said that would be faster than going through the police. Again, thank you so much for all of the advice. I'll update you if any crazy shit goes down. Update 314. Thank you so much to everyone who replied in this thread and sent me PMs. I really appreciate all the kind words, advice, and support. Here are some updates. We met with our landlord last week. 
Unfortunately, they aren't willing to work with us as much as we expected. They will not remove him from his unit. Since we didn't want to spend a ton of money to move, we asked if we could move units within the complex. The landlord offered us a one-bedroom unit on the terrace level, so my roommate and I would have to share a room in what is basically the basement of our building. Not ideal. We spoke to the police, and they said that the notes and letters weren't enough to get someone on stalking or harassment, especially since he lives literally three feet away from us. He probably just thinks you're cute. They did keep the ring videos and said that they would contact us sometime this week after they reviewed all of the footage. We have both moved in with my parents for the time being. Shout out to them for being incredible parents. It really sucks spending $2,000 monthly on a place you can't live. We are actively looking for other apartments, but money is tight since we would have to buy out a current lease and pay to start a new one. Also not ideal. So, not the update we were hoping for, but we are both safe now, and that's what's important. If anyone has suggestions about raising $5,000 in a month, please let me know.